This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night and it's time for the racing show. And our guests on the show tonight include Rod Milburn from Columpton with his latest update on his activities. Jamie Snowden from Lambourne, of course. We'll catch up with Nick Schofield and former jockey Steve Smith-Eccles. And it's that time of the month where we get the usual monthly rundown from Simon Holt. Add to that Colin Brown and Dave Wilson with all their tips and we hopefully have got a complete programme for you. Good evening and welcome to the racing show here on Three Valleys Radio. Let's not waste any time at all and get stuck straight in with Mike Padden with all the racing news from the racing media. Hello and a warm welcome to the news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden and here's today's new stories. We start. Grand National winning trainer Oliver Sherwood will take a short break from the day job when he goes to Sandown on Friday to celebrate the life of longtime friend and vet Paul Ferguson who has had a race named in his honour. Ferguson, who died at the age of 62 after a heart attack in May last year, was a director of the Valley Equine Hospital and a well-known figure in the sport. He also worked at Kempton and Sandown, which hosts the Paul Ferguson Memorial EBF Maiden Stakes on Friday. The contest, a five-furlong event for juveniles, is not one Sherwood, who famously won the Grand National with many clouds in 2015, has anything for. But he is relishing the opportunity to toast his close pal. He said, Paul had been my vet virtually since I started training in 1984. Sandown have jumped in with this race because when he died there was nothing because of Covid so the track has very kindly given a box for friends and family of Paul's to celebrate his life. I'll be there he said and he wasn't just a vet he was a personal friend. A lot of people in and around Lambourne knew him and it would be nice to see his family and commemorate him. Sherwood, who switched yards from Roanhurst to Neardown Stables over the summer, added, We had many great times, and he was obviously around in the Many Clouds era and prior to that as well. He also worked in Newmarket and Australia, so plenty of people knew him. The entries for the race include Deer Dar, an unraced Ralph Beckett-trained gelding from a typically good Judmont family, and True Icon, who cost 130,000 guineas as a yearling last year, and was eighth on her debut at York on Sunday. And the next story from the racing media. Derby and King George winner Adea will miss Sunday's pre-kneel after picking up an infection in a hind leg and will instead head straight to the Qatar Pre-de-Larc de Triomphe at Longchamp on October the 3rd. Adea landed the Epsom Classic under Adam Kirby in June and was partnered by William Buick when following up in Ascot's Midsummer Highlight in which he defeated subsequent Giudamonte International winner Mishrif by a length and three quarters. Adea is 9-2 second favourite for the arc with William Hill, with star filly Snowfall heading up the betting at a general 9-4. Trainer Charlie Appleby said, Adea missed a couple of days, and after discussions we felt there was no need to press on for a trial for the arc, so the decision was made to head straight to the arc. He has resumed full training, and as a Derby and King George winner, he fully deserves to be running in what is shaping up to be a vintage arc. The arc will be Adea's first start outside of Britain, with stablemate Hurricane Lane also in arc contention. The last named is 4-6 to six favourite for Saturday's Kazoo St Ledger at Doncaster. And our next story today. Once a jump jockey, always a pessimist. Kevin Ryan did not think Emirati Anna had won as they crossed the line, but a minute or two later he was a Group 1 winner once again. 
and there could be even more to come for a man who has come an awful long way from his less than glamorous riding days and has reinvented himself as a trainer to fear at the highest level. Ryan has churned out Group 1 winners aplenty since breaking his duck with Amadeus Wolf in 2005 and has had three top-level successes in 2020 alone. And on an afternoon when Triple Time served notice that Hamilton Lodge houses a genuine classic hope for 2022, Emirati Anna paid tribute to Ryan's ability to coax the best out of a sprinter by giving the yard its second Betfair Sprint Cup in three years. But only just. Last month's Nunthorpe Stakes runner-up cruise through this furlong longer test was going clearly the best with a quarter of a mile to run and was soon in front. Yet it was a strong finishing kick that had won favourite Starman the July Cup and he threw down a determined challenge which got him within a nostril or two of the leader. When the second horse came to him, he found a little bit extra. But after the line, I wasn't sure he'd won, jockey Andrea Atzini admitted. Ryan was sure he had lost. I thought he was beat, he said. You always do, don't you? When he kicked, I thought, oh, this is a long way. It's always a long last furlong. But the horse took him into the race so easily. I knew he'd idle. He'd just prick his ears, but the result is the result. He has a great two-year-old. He lost his way a little bit, but Sheikh Mohammed Obaid has been very patient. And that's the type of owner he is. He'll wait all day long. We were riding him wrong. We were using his speed early in a race, and we started dropping him in. He ran a great race in the Nunthorpe, and he was beaten by a very good horse. Ryan may have 16 years of group wrong winners to look back on, but he was unstinting in his praise of the newest member of the club. He's as good a horse as I've trained, he said. His work in the morning is brilliant. And Ryan is itching to have another crack at the Breeders' Cup turf sprint, which he won with Glass Slipper last year. I think he's the right horse for America, he said. He can travel, and fast ground won't worry him. I have to talk to Sheikh Mohammed Obeid, but I think he's tailor-made for the Breeders' Cup this year. Ryan admitted that top-level wins are what it's all about, and said, When you've had one, you need another. That's what we base everything on now trying to have the good horses, trying to compete at that level. It's hard to do. A lot of trainers are trying to do it, and I'm thankful I can drop in there somewhere along the line. Triple Time looks a colt who can compete in the highest grade and earned a 33-1 to 1 quote for the Kipco 2000 Guinness from Paddy Power after a ready front-running win in the listed two-year-old race. Ryan did not attempt to hide his enthusiasm for the two-year-old and said, We thought he was very special in the spring. He's taken a bit of time and he's taken racing to learn the job. Physically he was there, but mentally he took racing. I was very worried about the ground, but Sheikh Mohammed Obeid is not afraid of getting beaten, and he said, Let's find out now. And he's handled it. It's very fast ground, and he'd won on very soft it's a sign of a good horse that he could adjust. We'll have to discuss it, but he's done everything he needed to do this year and identified himself as a very talented horse. He's going to be very exciting for next year. Ten furlongs is probably as far as he wants to go, and we think of him as a guineas horse. He has loads of speed, and he's a long-striding horse. That's why Andrea let him go to the front. Ed Walker will regroup with Starman after his short-head Sprint Cup defeat. I'm disappointed, but there are no excuses, the trainer said. And here's our next story from the racing media. Great Ambassador followed in the footsteps of Ed Walker's top sprinter Starman by landing the feature listed by a wave-go Garabee stakes and was part of a trouble on the card for his jockey Tom Markand. The progressive Ebury Racing-owned four-year-old defeated last year's Hackwood Stakes scorer Tabdeed by a length and a half and remains 13-2 favourite for the Virgin Bet Air Gold Cup with Paddy Power after this result. Great Ambassador was a second winner on the card for Walker and Mark and after kindness, sporting the Starman silks of David and Sue Ward and gained a first success on a third start in the five-and-a-half furlong novice. Mark Ant completed a 40 to 1 treble aboard the William Haggis trained Aramaic in the one mile two and a half furlong handicap. Speaking of his winners, Mark Ant said, 
Great Ambassador put the race to bed pretty sharply, and he's a sprinter going places. He beats some proven listed performers there, and is clearly talented. There will be plenty of different options for him, and it will be interesting where the team decide to go. Kaina showed good speed to pick the race up approaching the final furlong, and it's great to ride a nice homebred winner for David and Sue. I was really pleased with Aramaic, who has always promised to be really nice. This was much more competitive than the maiden he won, and he won nicely. And with the headline of More Joy for Ryan, here's our next story. Fresh from the Sprint Cup success with Emirati Anna, Kevin Ryan saddled the third winner of the John and Judith Marshall Memorial Handicap in the last five years, courtesy of the Progressive Bergerac. The Angie Bailey-owned three-year-old has now finished outside the first three just once in nine starts, scoring here by half a length under Kevin Stott. And with the headline of Course Firsts, here's our final story today. Jockey Hector Crouch and trainer Emma Lavelle both celebrated their first winner on the Knavesmire when Master Milliner landed the two-mile half-furlong handicap. The five-year-old gained a third victory of the campaign by two lengths. This has been all the news from the racing media with me, Mike Padden. That includes news from the racing TV, the racing post and the sporting life. Thanks for listening and join us again. Well, that's all the racing news for this week. Thank you, Mike Padden, for your contribution. And now it's time to find out where we can go racing this weekend. Right, we'll start with eight races on the flat at Leopardstown with a 12.40 start. Seven races on the flat at Doncaster with a 1.15 start. Seven races on the flat at Chester with a 1.30 start. Seven races on the flat at Bath, 1.35 start. Seven races on the flat at Lingfield on the poly track with a 3.05 start. Seven races on the flat at Musselburgh with a 3.30 start. And one race on the flat at Kentucky Downs in the USA. So that's Saturday. Let's have a look and see what Sunday's got to offer us. Well, to start with, there are seven races on the flat at Chelmsford on the poly track with a one o'clock start. Eight races on the flat at the Curra, 1.45 start. Seven races on the flat at Musselboro with a 1.55 start. Seven races on the flat at Bath with a 2.15 start. And seven races on the flat at Haydock with a 4.10 start. So again, plenty of racing for you this weekend. Right, now we've got time for another clip from the Star Sports interview with ex-jockey Steve Smith Eccles. And here Steve talks about his relationship and his dealings with Terry Ramsdale. I had the very first dealings with him when he first came into racing. He uh, he had horses with, first of all, Hugh Collinridge and David Dale. And they trained about 50 yards from each other on the Exning, uh, Exning Hill. And I'd met the guy and he was unbelievable. I mean, he talked as though money was like confetti or whatever. I mean, he he was trading on the stock markets and stuff like that's where he was getting his money from. And he didn't he didn't know jack shit about racing or whatever. Uh, and he had uh, he had one one two horses with David Dale and one horse with uh, Hugh Collinridge. And I rode his first ever winner, Laureate. Won a two-mile-six hurdle at Stratford. That was his first winner. And he was so generous. He used to send his driver round to me in, uh, the day before I'm due to ride. Because we, we got paid our, our riding fee through the, the system. And he'd give me another riding fee in Redis on top. Which was wonderful. And so I rode him his first winner. And on top of... For winning the race, I got another bundle, and then I rode him a couple more for David Dale and whatever. And he bought he bought a decent horse. I can't remember what it was, but I won on it first time out. And it was only at Plumpton, and it was about two weeks before the. It was a four-year-old. It was two weeks before the uh, the four-year-old race at Haydock. 
Victor Lodorum. And he wanted to run it in the Victor Lodorum. Actually, it was it was 10 days later. And I says, boss, um, you know, he, he needed a little bit more time. I said, I, and yeah, I've got to ride Nicky Henderson's horse anyway. A horse called Surfboard, who was actually Antipo's favourite. He, he won two or three before, and he was going to the uh, Victor Dawn before he, the next step was uh, the Triumph. And he said, look, I pay all this money. I said, yeah, but I, I'm retained by Nicky Anderson. I, I can't ride your horse. And I said, if, I, if I'm honest, uh, you wouldn't beat Surfboard anyway, not in a million years. You've only just won a, a, a hurdle race down at Plumpton. So then he, he ran it, and I couldn't ride it, and we had a bit of a fallout. And if I'm honest, I thought, well, this guy's not going to last too too long anyway. Uh, that is probably one of the things I would have done if I could turn back time. I'd have somehow smoothed it over with Terry. Because he then really invested masses amount of money. Bought some fantastic horses, and he, he did well. But he was always going to, his bubble was always going to burst. He couldn't carry on like he was carrying on. Uh, but he, he had a bloody good run at it. And a few of the jocks made a fair few quid out of him. Unfortunately, I, I didn't have the foresight to do that. Well, nobody in the right mind, when they met him, first of all, would have thought he'd go on to do what he did. But he, he was a lovely guy, don't get me wrong. Lovely guy. And uh, I'd love to meet him again sometime and just chat over old, old times like that. That was Terry. Steve Smith Eccles there reminiscing about his dealings with uh, professional gambler Terry Ramsden. Well, now it's time to catch up with Simon Holt as he has a quick look at the St. Ledger at Doncaster. Right, good afternoon, Simon. It's the St. Ledger week, so uh, I'm assuming that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, I love the St. Ledger, AD, the kazoo-sponsored St. Ledger on saturday but we do have a very short price favorite and i'm not sure that it's a particularly good race to have a bet in because hurricane lane looks to have an extremely strong chance he has uh, improved through the season because he won the irish Derby, and last time out was very impressive the grand prix de Paris, and this just looks a natural step for him he's uh, very stoutly bred he's by frankel out of a mare that won twice over two miles so what do you need to win a St. Ledger? You've got to have a class horse, but you've got to have a horse that stays the distance. It's a mile, six and a half furlongs. Yeah. Not all horses stay it, but he looks as though he'll get it well. So it's a question of finding one to beat him, and that's not easy. Mm, no, but then again, you're pretty good at it. Well, the only, the only horse I think that on form you can make a case for is Mojo Star, because... He did finish in front of Hurricane Lane behind a Dayar in the Derby yeah. in June, uh, coming through strongly in the closing stages. And he's not quite as stoutly bred as Hurricane Lane, but he does look as though he'll stay really well. And then when he was behind Hurricane Lane in the Irish Derby, he just got a bad run. You know, he didn't get away. I think they were, they were trying to race, ride him much more prominently. And then he found interference in the straight and stayed on, but by that time, the leaders had gone. So I think I would write off his run in the Irish Derby. But at 8-1, to one, I think people could be tempted um, to have a little bit of the 8-1 to one against Hurricane Lane, though I'm bound to say that I think Hurricane Lane has probably improved since Epsom. And apparently, or reportedly, he lost two shoes in the Derby at Epsom, and that, that may well have compromised his chances there. So... Uh, you know, he's going to be hard to beat. The other the other major contender is Johnny Murta's horse, Ottoman Emperor, who won the Gordon Stakes at Goodwood. The form doesn't look overly strong. They're all in a bit of a bunch, but he he took my eye that day. He's a fine, strapping horse who's done nothing but improve all season. He's won his last four races. And uh, as we saw, Johnny Murta is as good a trainer as he was a jockey. He won the Ebor, didn't he, just a couple yeah. of weeks or so ago yeah, with Boy Liston. So you couldn't discount him, Ottoman Emperor, either. What about um, uh, Aidan O'Brien? I mean, you know, these days, if there's, a, if there's a classic race around, it's usually Aidan O'Brien who comes up, and he's certainly got one, two, three, 
three is it three one two three four runners um and and you you, know, you sometimes you you sort of dismiss Aidan O'Brien at your peril absolutely and and you have to remember that the although Galileo has passed, you know, the influence of Galileo will remain for some years to come. And, of course, you know, he imparted plenty of stamina and, uh, you know, he's got Salukun in there who ties in with the Gordon stakes. He was second behind Ottoman Emperor in the Gordon. And he was, uh, last time out, he, he ran in the um, Voltager stakes, uh, and uh, ran okay there. Uh, that ties in with the uh, youth spirit and scope. Uh, the Mediterranean, who chased home Hurricane Lane in the Grand Prix de Paris, uh, back in fourth there. And I suppose the enigma is High Definition, who went into this season as O'Brien's seemingly highest-rated three-year-old or highest-regarded three-year-old. And he's been a bit of a, a dis disappointment, but... Um, this time he's going to be fitted with cheap pieces and he's got Frankie Dettori in the saddle. So who knows? He looks like he'll stay every yard. But uh, last time out at York, again, he just uh, just seemed to empty very quickly. There was nothing there. And I couldn't possibly support him on the form he's shown. Really, mm. I, think, I think all in all, the O'Brien horses will be up against it this time. Yeah, yeah. It's unusual, that, though, isn't it, for him? It certainly is. He's got an excellent record in, in the St. Ledger. And, um, you know, he's had a pretty good year. He's, he's got some fantastic horses. Uh, Snowfall has done marvellously. And St. Mark's Basilica uh, is, yeah. of course, possibly, uh, you know, the best colt. And uh, it's just uh, in the derby, he, he didn't really uh, uh, figure a great deal there. Joan of Arc is a, a decent filly. She won the to Deanne. So it hasn't been a bad season for Aidan O'Brien by any means, but I just don't see any of these unless there's a sudden improver. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, Hurricane Lane, Mojo Star, Autumn and Emperor, they, they seem to be the, the strongest candidates. Looking at the betting now, I see that um, Ottoman Emperor is 11-2 to two and he's got one, two, three, four wins on the bounce. Now, you could argue, well, Law of Averages says he's going to come across one too good for him this time. On the other hand, um, you know, he's, he's, he's obviously a, clearly a good horse. Uh, I'm surprised that you go four to six and then 11 to two. It's a bit of a drop, isn't it? Yes, well, Ottoman Emperor is a horse that's progressed through handicaps this season and the Gordon marked a, a step up again. But you have to say he hasn't been competing in the sort of races that Hurricane Lane has been running in. You know, yeah. the derbies and the Grand Prix de Paris. And, and also, if Hurricane Lane comes through this race, uh, you know, he, he's very likely, all being well, if he's uh, sound and not too uh, jaded after the race, that he could run in the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. That's the, the yeah. plan. Yeah. Ottoman Emperor, it, it's what he might achieve, might, what he might continue to improve. I wouldn't rule him out. He's a, as I said earlier, he's, he's a really quite striking big horse, Lots of scope. There's a lot to like about him. Anyway. Right. Okay. Okay. So, uh, what other big races have we got over the weekend, then, um, Simon? Well, I'll just mention the other feature race at Doncaster on St. Ledger Day is always the Champagne Stakes, and this is a, a key two-year-old race over seven furlongs. It's a small field, but it features Reach for the Moon, the horse that uh, is owned by Her Majesty the Queen, and who has done so little wrong so far. He was second in the Chesham Stakes at Royal Ascot. Uh, he beat Harrow, who won the big sales race at Doncaster on Thursday. He beat him by four lengths. He beat Great Max by four lengths in the Solaro. He's looking a really promising horse. And now people are beginning to talk about whether Reach for the Moon could win the Derby for the yeah. Queen next season. She's never won the Derby. And of course, next year is her Platinum Jubilee year. 70 years on the throne. So mm. it's a, it's an amazing story if it came off. Yeah. Now, he, so far, he's, he's looked a good stayer. As a two-year-old, he gets seven furlongs really well. He's by See the Stars out of a mare called Golden Stream. Uh, he's bred by the Queen. Golden Stream was a seven furlong or mile horse, so not absolutely guaranteed to get the mile and a half, but he's got a full brother called Chalk Stream, who's been really improving lately, 
and uh, he's won his last three races over a mile and a half. So there's, there's a lot of excitement about Reach for the Moon, whether he might just provide a match to the Queen with a first Derby win next year. But he's got a major rival in the Champagne Stakes, and that's Luce Pale, trained by Richard Hannon, who has won both the Jim Crack Stakes and the July Stakes. And, uh, you know, he, he's doing a... Uh, He's done extremely well so far and uh, looks an extremely promising horse. And, um, you know, he, he hasn't done a lot wrong so far. And he'll be a major rival, I think, mm. for uh, Reach for the Moon. He does actually have to concede a little bit of weight uh, with the penalties. But uh, Reach for the Moon is 11 to 8 on favourite. Uh, they fail 15 to 8 again. And uh, it'll be fa a fascinating clash, I think. Yeah, and the other, the other big race at the weekend is the... Um, there were two big races in Ireland at Leopardstown. We've got the Matron Stakes, Group 1 for Phillies. Mother Earth is the 5-4 to favourite to win that winner of the pre-Rothschild in France last time out. Uh, earlier in the season, the 1,000 guineas. She'll be hard to beat Fraden O'Brien. And the Irish Champion Stakes, which is only four runners, but it includes St. Mark's Basilica, Tanawa, and Poetic Flair. And that's a fantastic race. I mean, that that is... Probably the race of the season, potentially mm. so far. What yeah. a class that's going to be. And who's going to win it? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I mean, St. Mark's Basilica is the favourite. Uh, he's uh, the top three-year-old over a mile and a quarter, probably, in Britain and Ireland, based on his wins in the French Guineas, French Derby, and the Eclipse. He had to miss the Judgment International, had a bit of a setback. But um, and Poetic Flair has been fantastic over miling distances. Uh, second in the Mawar last time out, second in the Sussex Stakes, won the 2,000 guineas. Looks as though he'll, he'll get the extra distance. But I've got a bit of a soft spot for Dermot World's filly, Tanawa, who was just brilliant last season. She won at the Breeders' Cup. She won the Prix Vermeil, the Prix de Locke in France. And she came back to win on her first start this season at Leopardstown last month by six and a half lengths. She's, a, she's an incredibly good filly and she's going to be a major contender for the Prix de l'Art de Triomphe um, in a few weeks' time. OK, so, well, that's uh, that's pretty uh, pretty good racing when you look at it, isn't it? Uh... It certainly is. It's um, an exciting time of the year because, uh, you know, you get some of these big clashes and... Uh, and with the arc around the corner as well, and it looks as though it could be a smashing arc with the aforementioned Tanawa, mm. Snowfall, who runs in the trials in France on Sunday, and, of course, the Derby winner of Dayar, and if he comes through the St. Ledger with a, uh, an easy win and recovers, Hurricane Lane as well, and yeah. the best that the French can offer. So I think it looks like it could be a, a uh, vintage Prix de l'Art de Triomphe in a few weeks' time, first Sunday in October. You're not going, I take it? Well, it, it's a possibility. I, I don't know at the moment. I, I do a bit of commentary on French racing, the big races for France Gallo, uh, which is the governing body of French racing, yeah. rather like the BHA here. And um, they have an English-speaking commentary service which they syndicate abroad, often to places like Dubai and Qatar and on Art Day it's usually nine or ten countries yeah. and right. um, I usually of course would go over to do it but uh, because of the various difficulties in travel and um, more coming back at the moment and hitherto this season in France there's been various restrictions at times so it's much easier now uh, we've been um, doing these uh, broadcasts from a studio in London so I'm not sure at the moment I'd like to go and um, it could be that the restrictions are about to change it's just uh, you, you know the, the government are not our government is not making it too easy uh, coming back into the country there's a couple of tests one in when on the country that you're in a test when you get back yeah. forms to fill in so um, we'll see I, I basically I'm in the hands of the uh, the producers and uh, they'll decide whether in, they want me to go over or do it in London. You know. In, in terms of doing a commentary like that, though, is it that much more difficult doing it from a, from London rather than being actually uh, in Paris? Well, the the, the key point is that um, I haven't got the option of looking up through binoculars. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're doing it just from a screen, 
and if something happens, some technical fault or horses are not in shot, it's more of a worry in jump races, really, when a horse might fall yeah. out of vision. But it's a little bit um, risky. And in a race like the Arc, which usually has could have a big field, 16, 18 runners, then um, it, it's it's rather better, I find, to, to look through the binoculars up the home straight rather than trying to pick them out from the screen. But uh, either way, the horses are pretty well known, so it should be all right. Yeah, okay. Uh, but there's, there's something great about being at the art, though. It's, a, mm. it's just a wonderful racing occasion. Yeah, I'm sure and, it must uh, be. It's, it's as much a British occasion as it is French, because in a normal year, you get so many British race girls going over. They absolutely love it. And, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's always a fantastic horse race. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, Simon, that's, uh, that's great stuff for us today. Thank you very much for joining us and giving us the updates. And uh, you're welcome. We will no doubt speak to you in a month or so's time, I'm guessing. Sporting Life, Simon Holt there. Now it's time to catch up with the cheeky chappy. Of course, it's Colin Brown time. Well, good morning, Colin. What have you got for us this morning then? Good morning, ADN listeners. Um, yeah, no, all good. We got a good, uh, a good, you know, a lot of race meetings the weekend. We got Doncaster's Ledger there. I'm off to Lingfield. Um, for an evening's racing with Star Sports, I'm a guest, and uh, we've got meetings up and down the country. We've got Musselboro, we've got Bath, we've got Chester also, so we've got plenty of action on for Saturday's racing. Let's hope we can find a few winners. Absolutely. Where should we start? Bath. Okay, that'll do. Just off, uh, what a view Bath is. I was at Chepstow yesterday, Yeah. and... Um, it poured with rain. The ground went from good to firm to heavy by the end. That was the last Chepstow meeting. But they say the ground is good to firm up at Bath. And that's quite amazing, really. So the, the rain just stayed like literally Bristol and over the bridge. And um, we had a bit here, but, you know, not that much, really. But uh, down at Bath, there's some quite competitive racing. Not a million runners, of course, because... Yeah, when you get the sort of ground when it's just a bit on the old firm side like this, um, you know, people sort of uh, air on the, uh, you know, they just go a little bit steady. But um, I see Mark Johnson runs in one or two down there. He's got something called Madam Ambassador, the 205, which Franny Norton rides. And I should think Franny lives on the, you know, he lives up in Liverpool. I bet he wishes he's going to Chester because he's brilliant around there. Well, he's brilliant anywhere, but I bet he wishes at Chester and not down at Blinkin Bath. But <laughs> there he is, 205, number one, Madam Ambassador to win at Bath. Um, I should think he'd uh, complete a double there, at least, with Choir Master in the 240. Uh, this one's got a good chance as a winner last time out, and I should think it uh, wouldn't take... A lot of beating this, a lot of um, beating this horse, I would say. Definitely got a chance. Right. Um, right, on to the 320 at Bath. Do I fancy anything there? Malcolm Saunders' horse is in good form. He's getting a few winners. But um, looks quite a tricky sprint. Depends on, um, depends on the, you know, whether the ground changes a wee bit there or not. But, um, Franny Red rides one for Malcolm Saunders there called Red Robin. There's about a 25 to 1 shot, so I sort of doubt if that will win. I don't know. Uh, Marcus Tregoning runs one there that will win, and it's called Tasfik. Um, it was a winner last time out. There's one called Accrington Stanley in the race, which, uh, which Franny Norton rides there. This was a winner at Newmarket the other day. Uh, end of August, before that third at Salisbury, um, had a gelding operation in between. I'd say it's probably quite a nice horse. It was bred by Floors Farming in the Duke of Devonshire, and uh, it's owned by Shadwell, of course, now, since uh, Hamden Almac Tomb left us. But um, he's quite a nice horse, this one. Um, I think he takes a little bit of knowing. Kieran Schumacher takes the ride. I'd say he'd win from Accrington Stanley. So one and four in the 3.55 at Bath. Um, now, moving on to the 4.30 at Bath. 
Old Tinkler does rather well at these sort of meetings, and he's got a horse running here today called Ginger Jam. It's dropped a few pounds in the handicap. It wouldn't be the biggest surprise if Ginger Jam took the uh, 4.30 race down there at Bath. All right. So that'll do us there. Let's have a little move across to Chester, I think, and see what's happening there. Um, there's a couple of decent races at Chester. There's a competitive nursery at 310 and also a listed race at 2 o'clock. Uh, this is over a mile and four, so the draw's not so important. But, you know, Chester's a track. They go 100 miles an hour around there. And, uh, you know, you need to hug onto that rail a little bit. It's a, it's a tough track for jockeys and horses, I think. And you just need a bit of luck there. I see a Joseph O'Brien's bought one over. I can't sort of work out why it would bring one over here when it's 25 to 1. But I don't know, horses don't know what price they are, so we shall see. But um, I thought King Scott might win this because he won it last year on Moran, uh, uh, beat Miranda, should I say, was called Alig Neck. And um, David Allen rode it last year. But it won well enough, um, and the ground was good. So I know he's been off for a year, but Michael Stack can bring him back. And I say, Alec, that number two will take the two o'clock at Chester. Um, on to the nursery, and that is at uh, 3.10. What wins it? Well, there was a horse, actually, when I was at Chester the other day that I thought did it well. Little Miss Dynamo. No, one at Ripon that was second at Chester to Sadama. Um, but it just was a little bit unlucky. I thought probably, you know, with a bit of luck on its side, it, it should have probably won, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, <clears throat> looking at the race, I don't think it's got too much to beat. And uh, I think uh, I think it'll win. It's called Little Miss Dynamo. It's about five to one uh, runs at Chester in the 310 and that's my two against the field at Chester um, and we'll move to where will we go I think we'll move on to Lingfield that's where I am um, see when you find a winner or two yes yeah, no weather meeting at Lingfield it starts at three um, and you're music man 305 uh, Rick Astley's there after racing would you be a fan of Rick Astley can you name any of his music? Never gonna give you up. Never gonna say goodbye. Yes. Um, well, I, I, I wouldn't say I was a total fan, but I, I, those two songs that he had a hits with were quite catchy, weren't they? Would they sort of bring you down to Lingfield to watch the racing and um, listen to him in the evening? No. All right. Friday. Okay. See this, you ask. <laughs> Yeah, no, I just wondered. Um, right, what wins down there at Lingfield? Probably a tricky little card it is. Um, first race, nothing really stands out for me. Uh, let's have a look at the 340 race there. Um, ooh, there's a horse actually called, uh, well, well, one of Richard Hannes, which is well clear on ratings, probably where they're called Fancy Man. That's in the 340. Uh, ain't going to be a prize, but one for your devils, doubles and trebles. Let's find a bit more value for you. And, um, well, on the all-weather here, sometimes, you know, you get horses that run up to a sequence, and there's one called Wadacre Go-Go, trained by Mark Johnson again. He's only rated 60. It's won his last two. And Joe Fanning takes the ride on Wadacre Go-Go. So I'd say this one would have a fair chance of winning. So what a could go-go is the one that I rather fancy um, in this uh, in this race. Uh, right, moving on to the next race at Lingers. So we'll look at 4.45. Um, and this, again, is a novice stakes race. A few of these horses have had a run or two. Uh, Mark Prescott's got one in. He's going to have about four runs before they start winning. Um, what wins this one? Um, do you know, it's very tricky racing down here at uh, at Lingfield. I don't really fancy anything in the 4.45. I thought I did, but don't. Um, but 
we will have a winner of the 520. And um, again, a pretty competitive race. Um, you've got your trainers, local trainers like Simon Dow, William Knight, of course, he used to be a local trainer, trains in Newmarket now. Um, and then you've got uh, Kieran Fallon riding for um, Ed Dunlop. He rides a horse called Maysong. And this was second at Chelmsley the other day, only just beaten. And I'd say the horse is just coming right. He's rated 69, and I'd say he'll win. May Song in the 520 at Lingfield Park. Okay. Right, just having a quick nose just to see that I haven't missed anything um, down here at, uh, at this meeting. Just making sure. Um, one more race to have a quick look at. I've made a few notes about various horses, but uh, you know it's like sort of you get a bit of betting as it gets nearer to the races. And uh, yeah, no, I don't think I, I, I've missed too too much here. I think we'll probably move on to uh, Donny, and of course at Doncaster, it is the Kazoo Saint Ledger Stakes British Champion Series. No geldings allowed to ride and run the race, which I think is a bit unfortunate, really. You know, if you've got a horse at two years old and he's a bit naughty or something, or, you know, he's born with a little bit of a deformity or something, and you have to geld him, and then he turns out to be quite good, you're not allowed to win the ledger. It's blooming stupid. Yeah. Right, anyhow, <clears throat> the 115 up there is a nursery handicap, and I'd say Roger Charlton's horse, La Pugla, can win this. O'Sheen Murphy takes a ride. Uh, Roger's horse is in good form. It won at Carlisle last time up before that. It was not beaten far by Fall of Rome, who he meets again today. He was getting six pounds from, from him the other day. And uh, today he's on similar terms. But I think uh, he could turn the tables uh, here at Doncaster today. So number two um, in the 115, it's called La Pugla uh, as my winner at Doncaster. Now, um, I wonder how Mary is. I wonder how Mary's week's gone with the old betting and everything because uh, it was almost too hot to cycle to the bookmakers the first couple of days this week. Then all of a sudden, the weather's turned around and it's blooming rainy and miserable at the end of the week. So maybe she's opening an account on Lila Star Sports or something. You never know, do you? No, you don't. But I'm sure she's you been active on her bike. Well, she is active. She's an active girl. She really does get out. She walks a dog for an hour or two and blooming well gets on the bike. That's what you've got to do um, when you uh, when you get over 45, 50. Do you know that? Is that right? I'll take that in, into consideration yeah. then. Yeah, so you've got a bike that's probably in the garage, one of those statutory things. No, I've got one in the office here, a little sort of bike-type gadget for supposedly keeping you fit. Oh, right. Do you ever get on it? I well, I have a go on it occasionally, yeah. 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 Right. 220 at Doncaster, Champagne Stakes, only four runners. I think Reach for the Moon with this. Really nice horse, Reach for the Moon. He's half by the two. Remember last week I tipped up Chalkstream to win uh, Her Majesty's at, at um, Ascot, and this is a half brother. Frankie rides it. He had a treble yesterday. So I think Reach for the Moon to beat Lucille in the Champagne Stakes here at Donny. Now, the Park Stakes, this is another very good race, a Group 2 race at um, 3 o'clock here up at Doncaster. Don um, what wins this? Well, there's a horse running in the race um, <clears throat> called Langrash, and it's owned and is owned by Shadwell. They've got two runners in it, Dania. And that's the one that um, Owen Burroughs trained. So uh, I suppose your man Crowley had, you know, the choice, but he's gone for the other one. Lan, what's it called? Um, Langrash. And so I suppose we have to say, yeah, I think that will probably win. And to be honest, it was a good run last time out, second to Sacred. And some people might go, well, what was that great form? I think Sacred's top class, I really do. And I put it up the other day when it won. That's 13 to 2 or 5 to 1. So I think Langrish can, can win this one. Now huh. all we've got to do is find the winner of the ledger. Yes. Well, 
That's well, not difficult, is it? Well, hey? I don't what know. Do you, what do you fancy? What do you fancy? Well, it all points to Hurricane Lane, doesn't it? But um, it this, this, does. The thing that gets me is that uh, you've got Hurricane Lane 4 to 6, and then the mm -hmm. next next in the betting is Ottoman Emperor, which is 11 to 2, which is quite a jump. And uh, yeah. he's quite lucky, is Johnny Murata. So um, I, I, I love his enthusiasm yeah. when he gets a winner. He's absolutely full of it, isn't he? Um, having uh, said that, you've also got uh, AP O'Brien. The course has got a few runners, um, as he always does in these classic races. So, um, I don't know, really. I kind of... Ottoman Emperor, I, I would be inclined to. He's had four wins on the trot. You might say, well, that's a bad sequence because he's bound to come against one too much for him today or tomorrow. So, I don't know. But that's what I'm going to back anyway. OK, Ottoman Emperor for you. I, I think it'll take a good one to beat Hurricane Lane, I'll be perfectly honest. But yeah. what I do like is the horse that's actually won over the trip. And... Uh, uh, interpretation is written by Holly Dore. And, you know, quite often Aidan O'Brien, yeah, he runs plenty in the race. He's thrown plenty at them, isn't he, really? He has got... He's got one, two, three... What do you think about three runners there? Four, four runners, I think. One, two, three, High four. High definition being the other one. Yeah, and I suppose Ryan Moore's over in Ireland running in the champion stakes, I presume. Because um, that's what normally happens, isn't it? But I think Hurricane Lane will win from intrepidation, um, I would say. Uh, yeah, and I think you'll find that actually Ryan is over um, for the Irish Champion Stakes in Ireland. Yep, he rides St Mark's Basilica because they've got that one right. And I know he's had a little uh, time off and you've got girls like Poetic Flair and Tarnwa. But I think St. Mark's Basilica is one of our very best horses uh, this year. A real good horse. So I think that will win uh, out in Leopardstown. So in interpretation, uh, to be second to Hurricane Lane for me. And we'll throw your one in, whatever it was called, um, as a tri-cast. How about that? OK, I'll give it a go. Interesting bet. Ottoman Emperor. Ottoman Emperor. Yeah. I mean, it's good horse, isn't it? Good horse. Yeah. Well, you know, I can say four wins on the belt, which is not bad. But, you know, I'm always a little bit yeah. weary of those because you always think, well, the law of averages said he's going to come across one that's a little bit better than him. So oh, I know. Yeah. No, it's a hard one to call. Right. Uh, listeners, that is it for me. Um, and, uh, you know... Young Aidy, have a great weekend, and um, we'll be in, you know, we'll be in touch. Unless we find them a few winners, or else we'll be in trouble. Well, you had, you had four last week, so that wasn't too bad. Good. So you know, well, let's, let's hope it gets better than that. Yeah, why not? Okay, Colin, thank you very much indeed for that, sir. And um, no problem. We will talk to you next week as usual. Certainly will. We'll look forward to it. Thanks, mate. See you soon. Bye bye. Cheers. OK, well, that was Colin Brown, of course, the cheeky chappy up at Lambourne, and now we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Good morning, Dave. How's things with you? Yeah, very good, Adrian. A uh, bit of a poor weekend last weekend, but it was a strange old day because I sat there and watched seven races on the telly to start with, and there was odds-on favourites in all seven of them, and every one of them got beat. Oh, no. It was... Uh... It was a bit of a bad weekend for the punters last weekend, but mm. hopefully we can make amends for that this weekend. Okay. We've got the St. Ledger on up at Doncaster, so we're going to have a look through the Doncaster card. Right. So we'll uh, crack on with the 115 race, and the horse we like in this one is called Thunder Legend. Going to be ridden by James Doyle and trained by Hugo Palmer. On his debut, he finished fourth and uh, ran up behind a horse called Modern Games. And uh, the thing to note, he was a neck behind Desert Angel in that race, who's re-opposing in this race here today. So uh, what we what we did notice was though he didn't get a clear run and he, he showed plenty of promise and was running on very, very strongly at the end of the race. And then he came out of Beverly after that and he blew the start completely and didn't get a clear run and still finished third. And after that, he went to Hamilton and he won convincingly, quick and clear with a few one easing down by four and a half lengths. So uh, this morning he was priced up at 11 to four, but there's been a non-runner in the race and he's down to nine to four now. So uh, 
We'll start the day off with a small win bet on Thunder Legend in the 115 race there at 9 to 4. Right. Moving down to the 145, a horse that we've had about three or four bets on this year, and we backed last Saturday, Stone of Destiny. Sylvester D'Souza is taking the ride for Andrew Baldwin. And as I say, we backed him last week, and uh, how do you say, without being provocative, he had a restrained ride, <laughs> I think is the best way to put it. Yeah. And uh, this fellow won this race last year, and I, I'm not surprised that he didn't go and run... 100% last week, as they say, and uh, he won this race last year by a length and a quarter, and uh, he's got some solid form, as we said last week, he's been running up in Class 1, Group 1 and Group 2 races this year, and he's back in handicap company now, and uh, the handicapper has dropped him a pound for his uh, restrained ride last week, yeah. and we'd expect a much better performance this week, and uh, I'm sure Sylvester D'Souza might actually put some effort in this time. <laughs> so he's priced up this morning at 8 to 1 with William Hills, and they're paying out six places each way. So it's worth having a bet with them. He's a bit bigger price of other firms, but not so many each way places on offer. So it uh, just depends how, how much up the field you think he'll finish. But the safety bet would be 8-1 to one with William Hill, six places on offer there. Stone the Yeah, OK. Moving down to the 220, a horse that we like here is Reach for Money. Uh, Frankie Dettori and John Gosden. Uh, he got beat on debut and then he come out and run in Chesham and he was only beaten half a length by Point Lonsdale. Now Point Lonsdale has gone on over in Ireland and won a group two and a group three race out there very, very easily, both of them. And Reach for the Moon has also come out and won twice since as well. And things to note, he, he beat a horse called Harrow four lengths and was easing down in that race. And Harrow's come out and won three races since as well. So this is a serious horse as, as Point Lonsdale is as well. So uh, Reach for the Moon is owned by the Queen and uh, I think it's one of the best horses that she's probably ever owned. And... Uh, He's priced up at around about four to five at the moment. We're hoping he's going to drift out and get a bit of evens, but he's a very, very good bet at four to five there, and he's going to be our nap of the day, so reach for the moon in the 220 race. Right. Moving down to the three o'clock race, a horse we like here is Glorious Journey. Will Buick takes the ride for Charlie Appleby. Priced up this morning at around about 11 to four. Now, this fella ran an absolute blinder in behind Space Blues last time out. Looked like he was coming through to win the race, but Space Blues pulled a little bit more out. And uh, he's won listed races before, Group 2s and Group 3s, and he's well up to winning this sort of uh, grade of race. And uh, as I say, we fully expect him to give it a good account for himself. And the thing that we've noted in this race is the short price favourite, Lancash, looks a bit of an injury-prone type, and he's got very inconsistent form, so uh, it's well worth having a small bet on Glorious Journey in the 3 o'clock there. Righty home. Over to the big race, 3.35 for St. Ledger, and we, we, we're going to go against Hurricane Lane in this one. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's the obvious short-price favourite here, and his only defeat came in the derby at Epsom when... And he's gone on, he's won the Irish equivalent and the French equivalent since. And he looks a relentless galloping type. And stepping up two furlongs shouldn't really affect Hurricane Lane. But the thing that we noted is there's a horse in the race here that actually finished ahead of him in the, in the English derby called Mojo Star. And it may well give him a very good race here. And as I say, he was three and a quarter lengths in front of Hurricane Lane in the Epsom derby. And next time out, he got in all sorts of trouble in the Irish derby and finished well down the field behind Hurricane Lane. And since then, he's come out and won a maiden. So when these horses come out and they have their first ever win like Mojo Star has, they seem to come on leaps and bounds for it. And it's a big confidence boost for them. Now, Mojo Star's priced up at around about 8-1 to one with Betfred. Bet 365 this morning, so we think he's worth having an each way bet on him than taking the very short odds on Hurricane Lane, especially when they met in the English derby and uh, Mojo Star finished three and a quarter lengths in front of Hurricane Lane. So, uh, just a little line of form there that we, we think is worth having an each way chance on. Okay, fine. Moving down to the 405, an old favourite of ours, Tyson Fury. And uh, Adam Kirby takes a ride for Richard Spencer. Now, as I say, we liked this horse last year and we backed him a couple of times. And 
he's been up in Class 1 Group 3 races earlier this season. But the thing to note is this fella's a very big horse and he's going to take time to fill his frame. And uh, I think the trainer's given him three or four months off since his last run and he's just had a comeback run a couple of weeks ago and he should be spot on now. And the handicap has dropped him down two pounds as well. And I think we're going to see a different sort of horse when Tyson Fury comes out again tomorrow. And he's already won at Doncaster track over 12 furlongs, so he's stepping up in, well, he's not stepping up in distance anymore. He's, he's going to be up to the distance he's been running over, and he's one on good to soft, so he's not going to worry about the ground. And uh, this morning he was priced up at around about 17 to 2, so he's going to be well worth having a nice each bet on him there in the 405. Righty ho, Tyson Fury it is. And moving on to the last race on the card, the 510, uh, Dance Fever. Adam Kirby takes a ride for Clive Cox this time. Now, he's been running very, very well off his current handicap mark of 100, and he got beaten last time out. He was beaten two lengths at Goodwood, and he never got in the race, if you, if you can understand that. He was just, like, midfield, and he just came through at the end and only got beat two lengths. So, like, the handicap mark was bang on spot for him, and he's got three previous efforts to that where he had a first, second and a third and he was only beaten half a length when he was second and he got beat half a length when he finished third and he finished behind horses like Dania and Mosul Rajid so you can see the type of class that Dance Fever has been running up against and uh, his initial price is 5-1 to one with William Hills this morning and they're paying four places on the race a fifth of the odds so it's well worth having a each way bet on him so uh, we'll finish the day off with Dance Fever in the 5-10 race at Doncaster Okay, mate. Well, Lovely job. No problem. So hopefully we'll have a nice weekend. A lot better than uh, last weekend when all the favourites seemed to be like putting cart horses for some reason. I don't know what was going on there, but yeah, it was just one of them weekends. I think. Uh, Must yeah, be, I yeah. guess. Okay, then, sir. Thank you very much indeed for that. And um, we'll catch up with you next week. That was more tips from our friend Mr. Dave Wilson, of course, at Harlequin Racing. Well, hi, Rod. Thanks very much for joining us on the show. Stuck in a traffic drive, heading to Salisbury. That can't be very good. But um, you've got a busy weekend coming up, haven't you? Not so much tomorrow, but Sunday. Well, I've just got on the wind counter bypass note and just put my foot down now to try and make up for last time. Yeah. I want to get, I want to, get to uh, Salisbury for my first runner. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we've had a very busy week. I've been at the sales all week. I've got four new inmates from the sales uh -huh. so um, that's really exciting and racing wise we've got Abel Kane running today at Doncaster uh, she Murphy up in a 50 grand handicap alright um, one of the, the favourites um, very competitive race you would need to be at his very best to win the race but he's been running very consistently all season and looked for a good run yeah and then, on, then we've got a couple of uh, Salisbury in ordinary races, um, couple with place prospects probably. But like I said, the weekend is busy. We've got um, four a day goes up an apprentice race at uh, Haydock, twenty-five thousand pounds prize money. So very competitive for an apprentice race. Absolutely. I've got yeah. a young lad. Got a young lad from Newmarket. Um, he's had one winner so far, and he's got a good a good chance of getting the second one on. Four a day. Uh -huh. And then we've got Prince of Hearts. He goes for a 50, 40 grand handicap. He would have a good chance. They, uh, David Egan rides him. Yeah. And then I myself, I'm going to Bath, where we've got Devin Envoy, who won last week. He goes to follow up in the nursery at Bath. Airshow goes for the um, final of the Five Furlong series at Bath. He's a uh, course winner. He's had two wins in the second there this year. Uh, he's been running very consistently and hopefully have a good run. I know um, Sir Plato goes as well. Um, he's had a good season, got a bit high in the handicap now, and he's trying a mile and a quarter on Ross Coakley's advice. So oh. we'll see if he's right. Okay. So you're pretty busy then, rushing around uh, the countryside, but I, around Wing Canton, you say the block, was it? Yes, it was, yes. I've got a man in a, va in a caravan going too fast and bubbling in front of me now. <laughs> Best of luck. I'll let you get on with it, Rob. Thanks very much for joining us quickly. Have a good weekend, and we should be keeping an eye out for some winners there. Thanks. The exotic life of a racehorse trainer, eh? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. 
<laughs> Thanks, Rod. We'll speak to you Thank next you. week. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye for now. Well, that was Rod Millman in a tortuous journey to Salisbury, um, but obviously a very busy weekend coming up for him. So keep your eyes open for Rod's horses over the weekend at Bath. Uh, he's having a good run this year, so, you know, they're not without a chance. That's for sure. But in the meantime... Unfortunately, we've run out of time, so thank you very much for joining us here on The Racing Show. Uh, make sure you join us the same place, the same station next week. And until then, this is A.D. Hopper saying thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you next week.